Hello and welcome to the Midweeks with Pastor Rob. Today is going to be a one-off and I just want to share some thoughts about Balaam. I'm reading through Numbers, the book of Numbers, and Balaam is an interesting character with a sometimes hard to interpret story. And I just want to think about him and what he's meant to teach us. If you remember, um, the Israelites are wandering around in the desert and they have come close to Midian and they have, are just, um, when they come close to Midian, they have just defeated some Amalekites, I think it is. And so they're coming off of a military victory. And so the Midianites are very afraid. Now, Israel didn't actually want war with the Amalekites. They came close and they said, um, let us go through your territory. And instead, the Amalekites came up for war. And so God gave that that people group into um, Israel's hand. And so the Midianites are scared. And so the leader of the Midianites wants to hire Balaam who to come and curse Israel. And so um, Balaam has some kind of spiritual rep- uh, reputation, um, some kind of sorcerer or pagan prophet. And so he's he sends his messengers to go and get Balaam. And Balaam says, I'm going to pray about it before I come with you. God says, don't go. So here's the first interesting thing. This pagan prophet is talking to the God of the universe and the God of Israel. And so what the Midianite king does next is he sends greater princes and um, kind of more important people to go and persuade Balaam. And Balaam says, okay, well, I'll ask again. And he asks and God says, if these men have come to you, then go with them. But while he's going, um, an angel of God comes to oppose Balaam. And first, uh, Balaam's riding his donkey, and first the donkey kind of veers off the path, and Balaam beats it to get it back on the path, because Balaam can't see the angel, the donkey can. And then there's kind of this narrow place, and the donkey ends up going to the side to avoid the angel, who's got a drawn sword, he's ready to strike Balaam down. And Balaam's poor foot gets a little bit scraped, and so he gets mad at the donkey and hits it again. And then the third time, the angel is standing in a narrow pass where there's no escape for Balaam. And so the donkey sees it and just sits down and won't won't go. And so Balaam is furious, and he starts hitting the donkey. And God opens the donkey's mouth, and the donkey is able to speak and says, look, why are you hitting me? And he says, well, you're treating me, you're making me look like a fool. I'm really angry at you. And the donkey says, well, aren't I, am I not your beast? Don't you know me? Like, do I do this all the time? Like, shouldn't you be thinking to yourself, something's going on here? And Balaam says, well, yeah, you are my donkey. No, you don't. And then God opens up Balaam's eyes and Balaam sees the angel that was there to oppose and kill him. And then the angel says, look, I would have killed you except for this donkey. And so Balaam says, oh, okay, I'll go back. And I won't go with um, the Midianite king. And the angel says, no, you can still go, but only do what you're told to do or say what you're told to say. And so this is a really interesting story. And it almost looks like, you know, God's being a little too too minded about this, going back and forth. Okay, first he says, don't go. And then he says, do go. And then when he lets Balaam go, his angel's going to destroy him. And then Balaam says, I'll go back. And the angel says, no, but only say what I say. And then Balaam goes. So it can be, it's, it's hard. It's not easy to interpret. And I, so let's just agree together. This story is not easily interpreted. And it invites us to think about it. And it invites us to really read this story carefully. 
Okay, and then Balaam goes, and um, Balak is, is the Midianite king's name. He says, he's trying to do everything right. He says, I'll make some sacrifices, and you curse it, and so you come here. And every time Balaam goes to get a curse for, from God against Israel, he instead pronounces blessings. And it, this happens four times. It's three events, and the third event is a double blessing, which is kind of like an immutable blessing. And uh, and then Balak quits. This isn't working. The sacrifices aren't working. The cursing's not going to work. So very, very, very interesting story. Now, often when I've thought about this or heard about this, we kind of end it there. But if you keep going a few chapters forward in, in chapter 31, um, we learn something about Balaam. After the whole Balaam blessing, what happens is that Israel sins against the Lord by going and marrying a bunch of Midianite girls. And this is where the story of Phineas comes, where this one leader um, in Israel has married like a, the daughter of a prince or a daughter of a leader of Midian, and they're about to go and consummate their marriage. And while they're consummating their, their new marriage, Phineas busts in with a sword and, and, or sorry, with a spear and pins them to the ground together. And God uh, rewards Phineas for this zeal. Well, wh- what's the scoop here? In chapter 31 of Numbers, we learn that this whole thing of the um, pagan marriages is Balaam's idea. We learn that Balaam advised Midian to provoke God's wrath against Israel by sending out their, their entertainment girls, by sending out their beautiful daughters, by getting this intermarriage going. And so Balaam, even after these, the episode with the angel and the being told to bless, he, he still connives and he thinks, you know what, you can't overcome the blessing of the Lord, but all you can do if you want to try to stand against Israel is try to provoke their God against this nation. I'm not sure where he heard. Maybe he heard that God is a, that God was holy and he had forbidden this kind of intermarriage. And so he got the Midianites to send out their pretty girls and to provoke the wrath of God against Israel, which it did. And so here's this really interesting character, um, interesting, not in a great way, but, and this really thought provoking story about God's way with Israel. Okay. So what are we supposed to learn about this from the story of Balaam? It's not simple, but here's the first thing. Um, the human heart can be really deceptive. So here is Balaam, some kind of spiritual gift where he can actually talk to God and have conversations with God and hear God and can be controlled by God and carried along by God enough to actually deliver prophetic words that become part of Scripture. Yet, his heart is not devoted to the Lord. He doesn't have true faith. And it comes out by him being impressed by the Midianite princes who come so that he goes back and seeks the Lord's will, even though the Lord told him don't to go. So he's pressing like, let me go, let me go, let me go do this. He's pressing against the Lord's will. Doesn't take the rebuke of the angel standing against him. Doesn't take the correction up from the donkey. Doesn't understand what's going on in his own heart. He's able to speak God's word and so be a servant of God's word in that sense, but his heart is crooked so that 
He still wants the bribe. He still wants to um, get the the treasure that Midian has to offer. He says that he can only do what God says, but before he leaves Balak, he gives Balak the advice. You were going to have to get Israel to sin if you want to conquer them because only God can um, punish this people and God's blessing is too great for you to conquer, but if you can get them out of God's blessing, then they will be uh, punished for it. So uh, the human heart is very deceptive, and we, we really need to look beyond surface ministry and surface serving God to where, where is our heart loyalty? Is my heart life and death loyal to Yahweh? Because there's no substitute for that kind of loyal faith and that loving devotion to God. You can't serve it. You can't prophesy it into being. You can't get carried along in God's will. Um, If your heart's not loyal to God, it's not loyal to God. If it's not full of committed faith to God, it's not full of committed faith to God. And there's no substitute for these things. So this is what I see going on in Balaam. Yes, he's gifted. Yes, he can be used by God. He can hear God. He can talk to God. He can prophesy blessings in God's name. But his heart was not right before the Lord. He was not loyal to the Lord. And it came out in his devious advice to Balak. And Israel ended up capturing him and killing him as punishment for what he did. Um, the second thing that we learn here is, is that um, Balaam was right. When the people of God are walking in God's blessing, we're undefeatable. Yes, we can get fought with. Yes, we can get persecuted. Yes, we can get attacked. But if God is for us, who can be against us? On the other hand, if we are, as a people, walking in disloyalty to God and he needs to come and correct us, then it, it's, it's just, it's really humiliating. It doesn't go well. It's just not where you want to be. The people of God don't want to be in the place where we're needing God's correction. We want to be in the place where we're welcoming God's blessing by faith and obedience and unconquerable. And I think there's a real key here where um, Balaam is almost like, I think the Balaam story speaks to troubles in the current church, okay? In the modern Western church, we are really riddled with sexual sin, whether it's adultery, whether it's fornication, whether it's pornography use, we're really riddled with sin. And in one sense, this number story says, you know what, our ability to walk in the blessing of God is really hampered because we're we're sinning against the Lord with our behavior. And I'm talking widespread here, but it is an issue. You know, most surveys will say something like somewhere between a third to half of men confess that regular struggling with pornography and somewhere around a quarter, 10% to a quarter of the women are also bound up and stuff. And, and so there's other issues going on as well. And, you know, when the people of God are trapped and seduced into sexual sin, that becomes the issue. We can't be the missionary people we're called to be. We can't be the discipleship making people we're called to be. We can't kind of walk in the the, the blessings that the church is called to walk in when we're hamstrung by um, sexual sin. And the enemy knows this. If they can get us to walk as enemies of God, the enemy doesn't need to do anything. God will come and he will bring about his disciples, his discipline. And that's where they're 
kind of the brakes go on for us. And so I just, I see this going on in the world, a similar strategy. If the enemy can get us to sexually sin, if they can get us bound up um, in in uh, being in love with the world, then then he's got it good because God will have to say, okay, stop the bus. We have to deal with this and we can't be the people we're called to be when we're bound up in this stuff. It's just, it's impossible. So those are my thoughts on Balaam, just from my regular reading. And uh, I invite you to read the story as well and to think through the details of God's word here and to see what God is, is doing there. Be blessed.